listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Sunday, March 17th, 2019. On today's show, we will mainly focus on the just-completed Classique between Paris Saint-Germain and Olympique Marseille, where, once again, like we always do, Paris Saint-Germain defeated OM 3-1 at the Parc des Princes. And this was a weird game. This was not a game where it was particularly straightforward for most of it. I felt like the players came into this game angry. I think they wanted to prove a point and come into this rivalry game with an intensity and an effort that was lacking about 10 days ago. In the same building. I think they wanted to show that they could take care of business at home. In a kind of game like this where the fans are paying attention. Where it's a high profile fixture. One of the last high profile fixtures for this club in the 2018-2019 season. And for the most part, PSG did what they needed to do. It was not particularly pretty. I thought OM once again did a decent job of mucking the game up and taking hard challenges and giving hard fouls and trying to get under PSG's skin like they always do. It's a rivalry game and they're overmatched, so that's to be expected. But even with a Paris Saint-Germain team that really was in certain ways ripe for the picking This OM team did nothing of note to really put PSG under pressure. They got a Valerie Germain goal at the beginning of the second half, but that was more because PSG were just switched off coming into the half and not focused particularly well. Tilo Kerr, again, not not doing his job properly and not being in the right place or the right position to defend Lucas Ocampos, and it led to a goal, and... Again, I think that might have been the last shot Marseille got on goal for the rest of the game. Like, it was it was not pretty for Olympique Marseille. Even with their new lord and savior, Mario Balotelli, who, they, who was he going to play? Was he not going to play? Could he miraculously recover from a devastating tummy ache to go play in the Classique? And he showed up. And he barely did anything. Um, Same with a guy like Florian Tovan, who big game after big game, just no shows. Doesn't even come to play. Doesn't even touch the ball, barely. He had a couple runs at goal, but that's about it. He didn't defend. He didn't shoot. He didn't cause PSG any sort of problems on the left flank. And quite frankly, they could have caused PSG problems on the left flank because Levin Kozawa was playing out there again, and he's not the best of defensive players. And PSG were in a back three, which, again, once they had to bring Carrer in to replace, um, to replace Meunier, Carrer became more of a right back, and it sort of it stayed a back three, but it just kind of messed a little bit with their defense, but they were able to recover quite nicely. Um, three goals scored by PSG in this game. We'll start with um, we'll start with 
Kylian Mbappe's goal, which was a brilliant uh, goal off of a nice PSG counter off of a Marseille corner. Great play from Colin Dagba to get the ball out to Carer, I think, because if I remember correctly, this was after Carer came in for um, Carer came in for Meunier. And Dagba came in for Danny Alves. And I'll get to Alves right after I kind of go through this point. Um, Kylian Mbappe scores, slots it in the right corner. And then he, I wouldn't call it a celebration. I'd call it sort of a, yeah, I'm I'm damn good. And I, you know, and I scored. What, you know, what are you going to do about it? Kind of look to the camera. I don't really know what to read into it. I think it's, I think like any competitor like any top level kind of athlete he was pissed off about how the last 10 days have gone and that's how he should be like I think PSG fans don't see that enough and I think when Neymar shows it they don't PSG fans are not used to it maybe they were used to it a little bit with Zlatan but a lot of it you know there's that great athlete perfectionist kind of thing that Kylian Mbappe has. And he was in this spot where he's supposed to score goals in these games. And he gave a look to the camera like, yeah, that's what I do. I score goals. I score big goals. I give my team, I give my team advantages. I'm the best player on the field. Deal with it. And I think he was a little bit surly in this game. I thought he was frustrated. And again, as I repeat, he should be, he should be pissed off at what happened. All of those guys should be pissed off at what happened. It shouldn't be one of those things where you just let it go after a day or two and move on. It takes a while. And this is a first step, not a not a total um, moving on point. It's a good first step that they now have to follow up on in the coming months and quite frankly, the coming years. In the sense that you can never let that kind of loss happen again. Because I think the fans realize it. And the Ultras in this game boycotted the first 15 minutes because they should have, quite frankly. Because too many times PSG have laid eggs in big Champions League matches. And I think that was sort of light to say to to the players, hey look, we'll support you. We support the club. And we're going to continue to support the club. But as representatives of the club, you have to step up or we want new players who are going to give us better chances to win these matches. That's all they're saying. And you know what? If the PSG players don't um, understand that, they need to get a new profession. They need to think about moving to a club where the expectations are lower and the standards are lower. But I think with all of that, I do think this was handled fairly well. I don't think the PSG fans should have, uh, sorry, I don't think the PSG players should have went to the end and did the celebration with the fans because they're not at that point yet. Save that for when you win the league. Right now, there's this sort of cold war going on. There's this sort of chill in the relationship between the ultras and the players. And that's okay. It's okay for a fan base to be upset. It's okay for the players to be upset with the fans. Kylian Mbappe was talking back to fans on Twitter after the game. It's like, that's okay. To me, that stuff is healthy. 
it's healthy because I think that this has been needed. And I think that this club has desperately needed to hear from its fans that these Champions League efforts are not good enough. That you have to come out and we expect you to dominate a game like that against Manchester United's B team. Not play not to lose. They were they were and everybody agrees at this point. They were play, at after those couple goals went in, they were playing not to lose, and it ended up biting them in the ass. So I felt all of that was just healthy. And it needs to we need to get it all out. Spend the next two months just playing good football, building to the next year, and figuring out who stays and who goes. And speaking of who stays and who goes. Danny Alves got taken out in the 30th minute. They're probably going to say it was because of injury, but he was just god-awful. He was god-awful. And there have been times this year where he's been effective at a very specific kind of role. But as a member of the midfield today, pinched in on that right side, he lost every single ball. Like, he was physically being dominated by, like, Maxime Lopez and... um. The other Mars, Morgan Sanson and Lucas Ocampos. It was absurd how bad he was. And once they got Colin Dagba in the game, Colin Dagba immediately played better and PSG immediately played better offensively. And look, Danny Alves is one of the best right backs in the history of the game. And he's been, I think, a positive overall to this team in the sense that he's given them some sort of leadership and he's brought a bit of experience that those younger players are going to be able to take with them. But we're at a point now where you can't give this guy an extension. You just can't. He has to go play somewhere else. And I don't think he can play at a high-level club anymore. He can't play for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. He's not going to be able to keep up with that team. Like, I don't know where he would go. But it's, I think we're at a point where we have to start wondering if he's capable of consistently day in and day out starting and playing 90 minutes for a major European club. He's just not that guy anymore. He can maybe come off the bench for you. He can maybe start a game here and there. But he is not a starter. And you saw in that game, Marseille exposed him. Like, they just got up and crowded on him. He just was flat-footed. He couldn't move. He couldn't press because he was too slow. It was just a frustrating game for him. And I feel like now that PSG are comfortably going to win the league and are two games away from winning the Coupe de France, it's time to give Colin Dagba and Tomas Meunier those minutes because we got to figure out if Meunier is going to be on the team next year. And it's pretty clear that Colin Dagba is definitely going to be on the team next year. Second half, after it was 1-1, it became the Angel Di Maria show. And once again, Angel Di Maria continues to be the most brilliantly frustrating player PSG have. He didn't show up particularly against Manchester United in in that leg 10 days ago. But in this game, in the second half, he was a monster. Even in the first half, he was great. But in the second half, he was a monster. Free kick goal from 30 feet out, or from 30 meters out. A great curling, a great basically on the on the end line, curled it around Mondanda into the side netting. 
two goals, made it 3-1, and that was basically when Marseille decided to quit. And part of the reason they quit was because Stev Mandanda on a breakaway he went out of his box and knocked the ball down with his hand, reduced Marseille to 10, and at that point, Marseille just packed it in. It was pretty much a really boring 30 minutes after the uh, Di Maria free kick goal. Not really much to speak about, to be honest. But, again, this was not... This doesn't fix anything, but it's a first step. And PSG players, and it's going to take them a long time for whatever players stay and for whatever players get brought in to regain the trust that they have lost with this fan base. And it's going to take Tuchel a while. It's going to take everyone a while. And this isn't going to be fixed in one, with one Clasico. This isn't going to be fixed with the league untitled. It's not necessarily going to be fixed with the Coupe de France either. But you start adding those things together, and you have a good offseason where you unload players that are extra. You bring in new players that can fill gaps and solve some problems. And then it comes down to, can they put in a admirably good Champions League performance? in 2019-2020. But, as I said, let's, you know, that's conversation for another day. I think that this was a, a good start. And as we look forward, we're going to go through the, pretty much what remains in PSG's schedule. Um, I'm just going to pull it up here. Pretty much, they have 10 more league games and a maximum two Coupe de France matches. We have hit a international break, the first of 2019. So we'll have a week without uh, Paris Saint-Germain football, but there will be a show on Saturday or Sunday where I talk, where we do we're gonna do kind of a concept show, which I'll lay out in the coming days, which I think people enjoy i hope they do um but the next game will be against toulouse on sunday uh the 31st at 3 p.m then in the middle of the week they will play nantes at home at the parc des princes in the french uh coupe de france semi-final followed by in this order strasbourg lille monaco montpellier um, nice, Angers, Dijon, Stadrem. Those are the final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. So eleven games, I think. Let's. Oh yeah, and there's one more game that needs to be made up, and that's against Nantes that was postponed from last week. So ten, ten, um. 10 league gun games to Coupe de France matches maximum. So, what's still to play for? Obviously, the Coupe de France. PSG, after 28 uh, match days, have 77 points. They have 10 games to go and need 23 points to become the first team in league gun history to record 100 points over the course of a league gun uh, campaign. 
Very possible. Um, Leal is a tough match. Monaco is a tough match. But besides that, they should pretty much win all those other games. Even if they're heavily rotating, they're still going to get Neymar back, and he's going to be playing to get himself into shape for the Copa America. Same with Edinson Cavani. So they'll have plenty of scoring. Um, you'll, it'll be a, it'll, it'll be hard for PSG unless they just completely take their pedal off the, uh, off the accelerator to not get those a hundred points, which is possible because they were in line to do it last year and they couldn't. Um, so that's to play for, I think it's worth it. Might as well give it a shot until you can't. Um, and at that point, PSG will go from there. It's pretty clear at this point that Tomas Tuchel is going to get an extension. Uh, I think he's going to get a one-year extension so that he has a three-year contract as opposed to a two-year contract. So he'll get a third year. I'm assuming what will happen is he'll get a third year guaranteed and then a fourth year uh, team option. Which gives him some breathing room next year to sort of build the team in the way he wants Antero Henrique's uh, position with the club is still kind of up in the air. I think it depends on if they can get someone better. Now, I'm sure there are people, there will be people saying that a trained monkey could do a better job than Antero Henrique. But PSG have made this mistake before. They fired Laurent Blanc and then did not have somebody good enough to replace him. So they kind of settled for Emery and Emery didn't work out. So I'm in a situation where unless a clear candidate emerges that is clearly better than what you have with Enrique, better to not fire the guy and then just end up with like Patrick Clivert, like a guy like that where it's just not going to work or an Oliver Latang or somebody like that. You need somebody who can really um, work with Tuchel and be a good fit. If not, you may just have to ride it out with Enrique, although that's definitely not the ideal situation. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today. Um, make sure to follow PSG Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to our podcasts, PSG Talking and PSG Small Talk. PSG Talking is now also... Um, on YouTube as a web as a video show, so you get to see all of the voices that you've learned to love over the years. You get to see what they actually look like in person. Uh, just go to our new YouTube page, which is PSG Talk. Um, go to our website and read some new articles that we put up every once in a while, and uh, visit our Patreon page and contribute if you like what we do. Uh, if you contribute at a certain level, we'll even give you a Farmers League Champions t-shirt. And it looks like we will very shortly be the eight-time, 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 I had to say it eight times, League Un Champions. Slowly approaching Saint-Étienne, who have ten, who have the most, so there's a very good chance within the next five, ten years or so that PSG will become the most successful team in French in French history. So still a lot of good here amidst a very disappointing, very shocking, very terrible Champions League exit.
Another classique in the books, PSG sweep the season series against Marseille. They sweep it five, they win five to one on aggregate. They beat Marseille in the Velodrome 2-0. They beat them at the Parc des Princes 3-1. And that, for me, is a positive, is a good, good day. Anytime you beat Marseille, it's a good day. So leave this day happy. Celebrate the victory. We'll worry about cleaning up the house another day. So for PSG Talk, this has been Mark Damon saying au revoir for now.